DJ PK and Reno Mahe joining us, former BYU Cougar, former Philadelphia Eagle. Reno, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Reno, Andy Reid is going back to the Super Bowl, and you were playing for the Eagles the last time that happened. Watching uh, Andy and the Chiefs win, did the memories come flooding back here during these two playoff uh, victories for them? It has. It's, um, I don't know, it's one of those bittersweet memories, though, you know? And so, but it's something you're super excited for Coach Reid and um, just wish him the best and, the nice thing is, you know, people on both sides, and so someone will be happy, and you can celebrate their their victory. So, uh, we've been talking to a lot of people, and we've already heard from Chad Lewis on this. Why do you think so many people across the NFL are rooting for Andy Reid? Because it's become clear to me in a lot of stories, a lot of quotes, a lot of people are. Well, I, I mean, it's just um, you look at his tree, and you know, I, I get asked all the time during the season, oh, who are you rooting for in this game? Oh, who are you rooting for in this game? And I'm like, well, I'm rooting for Carolina because coach there, coach when I was in Philly. I'm rooting for Buffalo because the head coach there, coach when I was in Philly. Oh, I'm rooting for Baltimore because the coach there, coach when I was in Philly. Like, he, he, he his, you know, his um, footprint on, on the NFL is pretty well known. And, and he's also a coach that has done it right. Um, he's done right by his players, in my opinion, and he's also someone that I feel like you're not going to have any questions or asterisks about what he's done as a coach um, with regards to the integrity of the game. When you watch Patrick Mahomes play, who does he remind you of at quarterback? I don't... I, I can't think of anyone that he... He, I, I think he's just one of a kind. You know, I think he, he does a lot of great things like some of the greats, but I think he does so much of it that I can't think of anyone before him. You know, like I, I can think of like comparing some of these other quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, or Russell Wilson, Steve Young. I don't – he does things that you, you – I've never seen before. So he's just that special type of player. Is that going to be enough against the Niners' uh, front four? Because that front four can get pressure. And you bring up Brady, you know, two of the three Super Bowls he lost, he lost to the Giants, who could bring pressure with four and still drop seven. And I think every defensive coordinator would prefer that. They'd prefer not to have to blitz and bring extra guys. And the Giants could do that, and so they were able to take down a couple of really good New England teams. Can the San Francisco defense do that and stop Mahomes and contain him? So that's the hard part is that the Niners are, they're like built to win Super Bowls. You know, they've got the great defense, they've got the great D-line, and then they have a quarterback on defense like Fred Warner that's able to, you know, run that defense the way that coach wants them to run. And then they've got an offense with a ridiculous old line, a running game, and a tight end. I mean, it's the perfect formula for a Super Bowl offense or Super Bowl team. But I think that um in my opinion it's gonna come down not necessarily to Mahomes but to Spagnola. I think it's gonna come down to the D coordinator for the for the Chiefs. Um you know, you take what happened with the Titans, how they just ran over everyone and then he's gonna dial up one of those schemes that if his scheme is able to 
uh, keep the Chiefs or you know get the the ball in in Mahomes' hand, then I think they're going to have um, a real good chance at it. But it's what's so fun about this game, man. You just never know. How much, despite all the game plans and all, how much of the nerves? I mean, being a kid, growing up, watching the Super Bowl, dreaming of being in it, and then you get there, and you know because you live this. So for the young guys now, how much do the nerves impact the game? Um, I think by the time you get to that, to that level and to that, um, obviously to the ultimate game, um, you might lose an hour of sleep, <laughs> but you know, I, every Sunday it's some can, you know, I, I think we had one player, he drink a bottle of Petmo before every game and he was, he was a clutch player and he'd go in there and I think he's potential hall of famer. And so <laughs> it, it's one of those things that. Um, you, I don't know, the, the, the great ones always step up and you'll have a lot of great players that you can't, you can't have nerve issues once you get to the Super Bowl. You know, it's, it's been, um, I think the nerves kick in <laughs> is situations like, uh, Atlanta losing that lead of the Patriots. That, that's when nerves kick in. <laughs> You know, I was wondering because you know Atlanta obviously had it going. Now they did have it going a little bit early in the third quarter, so you can't put it totally on this. But that is the world's longest halftime show. Did you find yourself just sitting in the locker room like, can we go play football already? Because you got to have an internal clock. You've been playing it for years, high school, college, pro. You know how long halftime is. There's got to be a moment where you're ready to go, and then you realize, oh yeah, we gotta we gotta cool it in here for a while longer. <laughs> nah, there's. But again, it, it's one of those things where the Super Bowl is just, it's a different beast. And so, you know, credit to teams like the Patriots who, who go often and they're used to it. And there's little little parts of the game and nuances like that that they can adjust to. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you get, you get unlike some of the other um, sports, you know, where they play best of the, um, five or seven or whatnot, this is a one or done deal. And so, you know, it's a once in a lifetime. And it doesn't matter how long halftime is, timeouts, challenges. When that ball is snapped, you better be ready for those five, six seconds to make plays. Daniel Sorensen's getting a lot of run. The former Cougar has been making big plays in the postseason for the Chiefs. And I think that he's kind of, uh, in some ways, he's kind of a defensive version of you. You know, the guy in front of him had an injury, so he gets a chance to play a bigger role. But he had a role already because he's playing special teams. And I remember you talking about, you were told, if you want to be in the NFL, you better be ready to play special teams. Unless you're a star quarterback, you're going to have to contribute on special teams. How well do you know Sorensen? How much do you see some some kind of comparisons there you know we we follow you know as far as the cougars goes and it's you know you're so happy to see guys there but i don't know if i'd compare myself to him i think he's definitely surpassed me probably a hundred plays ago (laughs) (laughs) Sorensen is just a great athlete and those athletes like that it's kind of like what Taysom hill is doing um, they're just there, and Andy knows how to find them. Andy knows how to find the Cougars that'll come in and make plays, and when his number's called, and um, it's just fun to just follow him. But he, he, he's you know he's a huge contributor not only on special teams but on defense. You know I know that 
um, whenever his number's called, he steps in. And it's fun to see him doing what he's doing and uh, continue to, you know, make it hard for them to not put him in the game. So um, I'm super excited for him, and I think he's going to have a big part in this game. Reno, my – Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, whoever they have lined up against that tight end is going to be a big part of how this Super Bowl plays out. Reno Mahi joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You mentioned Taysom Hill. What are the challenges for him? Because now the Saints are talking about transitioning him to the every-down quarterback, the starting guy. Uh, you know, Breeze, maybe he plays one more year here, and then he retires. What are the transitions doing it kind of in the spot role, the way he's been doing it, and then trying to do it every down? Um, he, he was able to do that in college. He's a special um, talent. But he's a special talent that is he's going to be a quarterback in the NFL for a long time. Um, I think his mentality going to the NFL is what you want from an NFL player. You know, you want someone that's willing to come in and do whatever it takes to help your team win. But I think the coaches realize he's not only going to be able to do that, but he's also going to be able to um, – he can run a quarterback position. He, he legitimately can throw the ball. He, in my opinion, I think having played for Ty Demmer for that last year, I think really put a um, – I think could have given him that much more confidence in going to the NFL and being an NFL quarterback. And so I, I absolutely think he'll be a starting NFL quarterback for a long time. Did you know Fred Warner was going to be this good for the Niners? Yes. You can even ask Fred. I told Fred, I think it was his going into his senior year at BYU, that he should start a YouTube channel. Because you, you can see just certain guys. You know, there's certain players, and I'm not going to get into all the different players, but you can see certain players, and you know that they just they have an act for the game. Um some guys just – and it's mentally. If you can see they slow the game down, Fred slowed that game down, and there's so many different times in senior year that I got to witness where he's just a special player. Um, I, I still have hard feelings towards the Niners. I grew up a Niner fan. I'm close with Jesse Sapolo, but when they cut Brandon Doman, I cut my ties with the Niners. <laughs> and so thanks to Fred, it's, it's coming back. And um, – Super excited for them. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of fans have really strong feelings about the Niners because of their quarterbacks, but you might be the only one who has it because of Brandon Doman. <laughs> no, it's um, I serve on the board of directors for the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame with Jesse Sapolu, and he, he works for the Niners right now. And I got to go out when Tara Owens got inducted to the Niners Hall of Fame, and it's so crazy that I still have hard feelings for the Niners because they cut my boy Brandon Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right, so uh, who's going who's gonna to win the game? You know, it's funny. Is I, I, I definitely want Andy Reid to win. I want him to get his championship. And um, the hard part for me is it's hard to bet against a defense that has a strong running game and tight end. Like, my brain tells me it's hard to bet against them, but – I, I come back to it's going to come down to Spagnola. If, if Coach Spagnola from the Chiefs can can create turnovers, then I think the Chiefs have a chance. But I, I wouldn't even bet on this game. Reno, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Good to talk to you.
Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Reno Mai, former BYU Cougar, former Philadelphia Eagle, another one of the guys rooting for rooting for Andy Reid. Does it the right way, builds strong interpersonal relationships, honest, straight up with guys. Earlier this morning, Yak played, uh, it was Brian Dawkins saying yeah, Dawkins. a lot of the same yep. stuff Reno said, you know. It's like guys come from different parts of the country, different races, different religions, different politics, different socioeconomic levels, and and somehow Andy connects with all these people. He can connect with anyway, and that's the cool part about yeah. it. Yeah, and it just and you and you just hear it in their voice. Well, why don't you play that next, Yak? I mean, the next segment is one where we catch you up today on everything you've missed in the previous three and a half hours, and that was a good bite. It wasn't so much what he said. When you're doing interviews, you know, people have to say certain things. There's boundaries. There's rules. A certain Houston Astro broke one of them. <laughs> and now baseball has a scandal because of it. <laughs> Yak's fist pumping in there. Uh, and so listen, you listen to how they say it, and you listen to the pauses. A long pause, people are like, how do I not completely lie, how but do how I do I not completely this? tell the truth? Because I really don't want to blurt out the truth now. I'm going to tiptoe like around to it. tiptoe and tell large portions of the truth. And when you hear Brian Dawkins talk about Andy Reid on the other side, he is just all in. It almost doesn't matter what he says. Listen to how he says it. We'll do that next. Stay with us. What would it mean to you to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl? I, I will tell you, I will be shedding tears of joy for Andy. For That's big, how good of a guy he is. Win. Absolutely. He's, he's a phenomenal human being. Um, you know, and obviously, obviously we don't get it always, as fans, you don't always get a chance to see what that people are part actually of a coach like. Yeah. Behind closed doors, when he pulls into his office, just you and him, and you're t- he's talking about specific things to help you as a person right. and as a player. You don't get, you're not privy, privy to that as a fan. So he's a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. Brian Dawkins right there, all aboard the Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Express. He is all in. Those are the stories we keep hearing about Andy Reid over and over. As the Super Bowl approaches, time to get you up to date on all the stuff we've been talking about. 9 a.m. Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. All right, the stuff we have been talking about this morning, a little bit of Super Bowl. We just had Reno Maia on, and Reno... How do you handle a tight end? How do you handle Kittle? Just a huge, George Kittle, just a huge X factor. And the Niner defense doesn't need a lot of points. A few big plays, and can they bring it home? Versus the Kansas City offense that thinks 24-0 is just a little speed bump. That's a season-ending crusher for most teams. 24-0 at home, you had a bye you start the playoffs and you get down 24 nothing to Houston, you're done. Except in Kansas City where they don't think anything is scoring on seven straight possessions or five out of, touchdowns on five out of six. Not a big deal. That's how they handle the postseason. Myself, I think it's the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I'm going to go with Kansas City here. A one-point favorite, a near toss-up. But I do think the formula for an upset is there. Four guys up front who can pressure the quarterback. The thing is, you can't just pressure Mahomes. You also have to contain him. And that's a tricky mix. Because if you go to get him, do you leave a lane for him to slip out and then make a big play like he did right before halftime in the AFC title game? I'll take the Chiefs. All right, we talked a lot of basketball this morning. Uh, What's going on with the Jazz? Defense. Defense and Defense, they gave up 127 points. The last three times they've given up 120 points are the last three times that they've lost a game. 
It was 122 all with the Pelicans in New Orleans going overtime and they lost an OT. And now 127 and 126 points in these last two games to San Antonio and to Houston. No LaMarcus Aldridge. And before that, no Harden and no Westbrook and no Capella. DeMar DeRozan goes for 38. Eric Gordon goes for 51. I'm seeing some themes here, people. Donovan Mitchell, and we played the sound for you earlier this morning. Hey, just got to play better defensively. Got to tighten things up. Foul less. Give up fewer offensive rebounds. Keep the other team out of the transition. All the easy ways to score. If they're going to hit contested jumpers, and there was a moment in the Jazz-Rockets game, excuse me, in the Jazz-Spurs game when I knew the Jazz were going to lose. They were clearly dialing it up in the third quarter. They're clearly been a halftime rah-rah. Come on, guys. Come on. You can just see players getting, come on, we can do 70 points at half. But it's only seven. We can make that up. Let's play 24 minutes of good defense. And there was a possession. Spurs tried to break him down with a dribble off the, by the top. He couldn't do it. Forced a pass to the wing. Guy tried to drive baseline. He got cut off. Shot clock's running down. They throw it back to Pirtle at about just a little bit inside the free throw line. And the former Ute catches it in one motion. It's kind of awkward looking, but I bet he's practiced it a thousand times. This one-handed push shot. It wasn't quite a 15-footer, but it was 12 or 13. And it was contested, and he swished it. And even as they run back the other way, Harpering's like, you know, that was good defense. I mean, they played some bad defense tonight, but that was good defense. They contained multiple guys, and they got a guy who's not an offensive guy, who's not in for his offense. They got him to take a a contested 15-footer, and he made it. You can give up a few of those in the game, and that's the reason not to give up so much stuff early that's so easy. Because then you can weather it when a guy... When, when somebody like Jakob Pertl makes that shot, you know? A role guy who's going to get a couple buckets a game, and he makes a tough shot. But it's a backbreaker because it already given away a f- bunch of freebies. They'd used all their mulligans, and they couldn't afford to give up a hoop then, and it stopped the Jazz run, and, and so they get beat. So the big question here, and I brought, brought this up a couple times. I almost said brought this up. That would have been awesome. But I didn't. I can't be held accountable for that. I brought this up a couple times earlier this morning. The Lakers have the best record in the West. They had a four-game losing streak, all against quality teams. And the fourth game was Christmas Day against the Clippers. And it's about this point in the season last year where things had injuries and things started to get away from them. But they stopped it right there. They didn't let it become six in a row. They didn't let it become seven out of 11. They had a seven-game win streak before and a nine-game win streak after. So if you go big picture, over 20 games, it was 16-4. and four. That's 80%. That's a 65-win pace. You're good to go. What's the big deal about a four-game losing streak? It sucks when you're right in it. It just, it just does. Nobody likes the losing. And so it sucks that the Jazz lost a couple games, but they're 19-4 and four in their last 23. If they go 19-4 and four in their next 23, woohoo! Now the question is, does this, how much deeper does this hole get? Do they lose one more game to Denver on a back-to-back? Maybe play better, but, you know lose 107-104 or something where the defense is a little better and the Joker hits some big shots, but you know they're coming out of it. And they go to Portland to win and they come home and beat Denver and Portland and, and now they're back on track. Or the Joker's going to have a triple-double. The eighth best guy in Denver is going to go for 28. Michael Porter Jr.? And the Jazz, 
Okay, sure. You know what? That's actually good. Not because not the eighth best guy, because DeRozan's right. the second best yeah. guy. Lamarcus Aldridge, right? And uh, Eric Gordon is the third or fourth best Rockets most nights. And so, both of those right. guys lived at the free throw line, which is quit a big sending key. guys to the stripe. Yeah, quit fouling everybody. Because wasn't it twenty free throw attempts for? For Gordon and 19 yeah. for yeah. Derek Rosen last night. And, and that's the other thing in this game. Like, we can analyze this and, you know, Ingles and Conley defending, and then, you know, is Mike shooting the three well enough? Well, no, he's not because he's one of 15. So he's in a cold stretch from three. Um, but at the end of the day, for all the X's and O's and all the thoughts about motivation and all that, you got to make your free throws. The Spurs won the game and the Jazz didn't. The Spurs were great at the free throw line and the Jazz were bad at the free throw line. Spurs shot 90%. That's great. They were 27 of 30. The Jazz shot 69.5% from the free throw line. 69.6. 32 of 46. They left 14 points at the line in a 7-point loss. Hey, they're free. The Spurs took theirs. You didn't take theirs. And on the you road, should. no refereeing. And it's good yeah. because we've not heard about the referees this morning. We Correct. literally have not heard yeah. one thing. The Jazz shot 46 free throws in 48 minutes. Now, it's a little inflated because clearly the Spurs are like, don't let Gobert dunk. He's got it. Foul him, put him at the line. It was a heck of a Gobert night. He was 9 of 18. He's got to shoot it better at the free throw line. He wants to score more points. He wants to be an all-star. We talked about this earlier this morning. PK and I are 100% in on the Jazz getting two All-Stars. I'm 100% in on the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Clippers all getting two. I think Houston will get two. Westbrook might get left out. I'm about 90% on Westbrook. 100% on Harden, because he's starting. The Joker from Denver is going to get in. And to me right there, that's nine guys, eight guys slam dunks, nine guys highly probable. Doncic is in. He's starting. That's it, really, ten guys. There aren't, I don't think there's that many guys left. Lillard has got a shot. Chris Paul has got a shot. Got to reward guys who win. Now, Portland's got a sub-500 record right now, but you got to reward Lillard for hitting that series-winning shot in the playoffs against Oklahoma City. And his numbers are huge. they got issues in Portland. It's not him. So I think uh, I can't guarantee Lillard because he got the losing record, but I'm pretty confident on him. Maybe about 70% on him. And, you know, it could be a Carl Anthony Towns. It could be a Ja Moran. I think it's too early with Ja. I think Carl Anthony Towns has gotten the benefit of the doubt in other years when they've had a losing record and the squeeze is on. So I think he's probably on the outside here. But I think Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are in for sure. I don't think there's, any, there's no question in my mind those two are going to be named tonight. And they'll do that on uh, TNT, of course. Everything's a TV show these days. You don't just, don't just release information. Let's have a TV show. Do a half an hour on the draft lottery. We can do an hour on the NCAA tournament. We're doing an tournament. hour on the All-Stars tonight. Yeah. It's, you know, the NCAA selection show with basketball has gotten so big. If you follow it, they do this for every sport. Now, it's, they usually yeah. do ESPN. will do it over on ESPNU, which they created for more of the college sports rights that they already held and didn't have anywhere to air. But it's all bloated. Baseball though. and softball selection shows, men's and women's basketball selection shows, uh, women's volleyball selection show. You can just go on down the list. Hashtag content. Yeah. I'd prefer it. I'd rather do that than have someone just publish it on the internet. Well, yeah. See, I'm okay with the shows. I just feel like they drag on. When when you go over an hour for stuff like this, it's just Well, becomes... they do that for basketball to make money. They could easily I'm, do it in a half hour. Yeah, they could You're do, right. All yeah. these shows should be 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And the draft lottery really needs to be a halftime show. 
It, it should be. It should be the halftime. But it's of whatever thirty game minutes, going and it on. only needs yeah. to be five. Yeah, like you can get through fourteen picks in five minutes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Put that at halftime. But it's it's like you say, it's content. College hoops tonight. BYU ought to be Pepperdine at home. Pepperdine's eleven and ten. They're four and three. The game's at elevation at the Marriott Center. Take care of business. Has BYU been penalized for losing to USF? Yes. But I looked at Joe Lenardi bracketology. He's got him as a 10 seed. They're they still in. two spots on KenPom.com because right. they lost. And we can go across all of the, the – they're, they're fine. You get a mulligan. Everybody loses a conference game, they're harder. And you just used yours. Don't do it again. Back to back. St. Mary's coming yeah. in on Saturday. You're, you're begging for trouble there. That game's on CBS Sports Network at 6.30. The youth play USC at 7.30. The U's need to split in L.A. They've won one true road game all year. They got the neutral court win over Kentucky. They went to the tournament earlier, and the neutral court was a mess, but then they went to Vegas and got Kentucky. Uh, they've been good at home. USC's been very good at home. USC's 8-1 and one at home. So I really don't expect the U's to break through tonight. If they did, it'd be awesome. SC's 16-4. and four. SC's 5-2 and two in conference. They've got a chance to win the league. And we're not quite halfway through the season, so it's a little too early to handicap it all. But they're right up there. Stanford could win the league. Oregon could win the league. You know, there's multiple teams that have a shot. Arizona could if they could ever win on the road. hey So 6.30 for the Cougars, 7.30 for the Utes, 8.30 for the Jazz. you got basketball all night long. All right. That's a lot of what we've been talking about here. Spent a lot of time with all the Mike Conley stuff come in. I think big picture, here's the deal. You have to set aside what Conley is making. You're the $32 million and you expect him to play at an awesome level and have huge stats. Not happening. Donovan Mitchell's getting a ton of touches. Donovan Mitchell's getting huge stats and playing at an awesome level. And you also want Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich and Rudy to do their thing. That's why I thought Conley staying with the bench unit is the most effective, efficient use of his time and his touches. Because if you say, oh, Royce O'Neal will come out and Mike will go in. Okay, but he's going to take the ball away from somebody. We've seen Joe run in the pick and roll. I think you want to see more of that. We've seen Bogdanovich shooting the three, and we've seen Donovan Mitchell going off. Do you really want Mike to have the ball more? I do think things are getting better with Conley. I think, uh, and it's clear statistically, go look at his numbers. Look what he's done since he's come back from energy, I- injury. Slowly but surely it's coming along. He is shooting 70% on two-point shots. Yeah. Fewer of the floaters, getting to the rim more, finishing better when he does get to the rim. And I thought last night he drove in no hesitation. You know, he got the ball. It's just that when people say he's confused, I think that's too harsh. But a little confusion, just a little hesitation changes everything. We know the Jazz offense is at its best when the ball is moving. And you hold the ball. For a second, and you just let the defense reset and recalibrate. You get them, on, you get them in a scramble. You get them on roller skates. you got to keep them there. And if you hold the ball for a second, you don't do that. And I thought he made decisive, you know, attack the rim, go get the layup, and it worked. He's got to shoot better from three. But the funny thing is when he got here and nothing was going right, the one thing he could do was hit the open three. And that's the kind of skill that no matter how old you get and how much you slip and all that, I, honestly, Jeff Hornacek at 60 could take all your money in a game of horse, okay? He can still shoot. Mike Conley at 60 is going to be able to take all your money in a game of horse. He's still going to be able to shoot. NBA perimeter guys who are good shooters, they, that's not going away. The knees swell up the size of Texas. The lateral movement comes to a grinding halt. Shooting? I, I, w- I would not go out and play a game of horse with Ron Boone for money right now. Because what would happen is he would take all my money. So the one for 15 from three doesn't look good, but I assume that's coming back. It's the other stuff I'd be more worried about. I think looking at Conley going forward, 
He fits better with the bench because if he replaces Royce O'Neal, Royce has very few touches. A routine night for Royce O'Neal is two for four from the floor. You know, that's not what he's out there for. He's deferring to these other guys because Mitchell and Bogdanovich and Gobert, I mean, they're just putting in massive numbers. And Joe has the ball, but there's a lot of nights Joe doesn't shoot that much. So to look at Conley and say, oh, no, he's making $32 million, he needs to take 17 shots, and he's got to score this many points, well, he's going to be taking the ball away from Bogdanovich and Mitchell and Ingles. And is that really what you want? So I think the thing to look for, Bowler said it when he was on, the word in practice was precision, and that really translates to efficiency. And if you get that, don't worry about the total numbers. And this is all about offense, and the issue is defense. The last three games they lost – They've given up 122, 126, and 127 points. The 122 in regulation in New Orleans, the final score is like 138. But quit giving up 120 points and all of this gets fixed. Because they got a lot of offensive weapons, and when they give up 97 points or 107 points, they win. When they give up 127 points, they lose. It's not complicated. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. And take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year. Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As another show comes to an end. Comes to an end. It's time to hear from you. Is this live right now? From your calls, tweets, and open mics, this is the best feedback of the day. This is why we lost the game. Presented by Strong Audi on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it is time now for your feedback. And it's brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Back-to-back losses for the Jazz for the first time since they lost three in a row December 1st through the 4th. Thoughts? Explanations? Greg says terrible defense. Bogey and Joe get blown by frequently. Ah, the blow-by. Bill adds, also I think it goes to show the defense is a team gig, even with Rudy back there. Good teams will take advantage of a weakness and exploit the crap out of it. Fact. And if you're getting beat off the dribble, you're going to have to change. They're going to go at you until you figure it out. Get your mojo back. I don't think Bogey and Joe are any better or worse defenders today than they were a month ago or two months ago or three months ago. Just got to lock down and fix it. Aaron thinks Conley needs to lose minutes to Emmanuel Moutier. The team just isn't as good with Conley on the floor. He goes over 20 minutes. They lose two games. Aaron's drawn the straight line. Aaron, I think that's a small sample size, and there is no way that's going to happen. However, (laughs) I love doing that. It's stupid and it's a small thing, but I can't help myself. However... If it, keeps, if it keeps happening, it'll change. I know Dennis uh, you know, comes off as soft-spoken Mr. Nice Guy in press conferences, but he's got an edge to him. Don't worry about that. You know? Quinn's got an edge to him. You know what? You all have the memes where his eyes are bugging out and he looks like he's you know, going to eat raw human flesh or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm Quinn Snyder. Better defense or cannibalism? Those are your options. And he gets that look. 
and they got the edge. If this were to keep happening, if the Jazz lose every game where Mike Conley plays 20 minutes, which, number one, isn't going to happen, but number two, if it did, Mike Conley wouldn't play 20 minutes. So I'm not that obsessed about it. If there are major problems and it's still a bumpy ride, I think with 15 to 20 minutes to 15 to 20 minutes, with 15 to 20 games to go in the season, every coach, Quinn included, wants to have the playoff rotation set and have those people playing together. And you can experiment up until then, and you can try to bring guys back from injury, breaking guys that you've acquired at the trade deadline, bring along younger players, whatever it is, and experiment. And to a degree, that's what the regular season is for. But you get down to the last 20 or 25% of the games on the schedule, and whatever group it's going to be in the playoffs, that's the group coaches want to have together. Now, sometimes, for whatever reason, injuries or whatever, you can't have that. But that's what coaches want, and I expect that's what Quinn will want. So everything is a suggestion. Everything is uh, trying to uh, constantly improve. But you get down to that last 20 25% of the schedule, and Quinn, like every other team, is going to want to know what the rotation is going to be for the playoffs. And you can always make a change. So it's not totally set in stone, but it's pretty close. And then I think Tim nails it. The only issue the Jazz really have right now is defense. And it's defense throughout the game. Instead of just starting to play good defense in the third quarter and then making themselves make a bunch of big clutch plays. Tim, spot on. Bring the, the energy in the defense was good enough at times, but you can't mail in the first half and give up 70 points. I mean, you just 70 points. That's, that's a ridiculously high total. A 70-point half is horrific. Stop that. And all the other stuff will go away. Whoever gets blown by or whoever misses a three or whatever, all that stuff happens to every team in every NBA game. What you can't have is that nonstop 24-minute disaster defensively to open the game. That's what really bites you. All right, Tony and Oss are up next. We'll see you.